This is Dan Wharton Uncancelled. Let's go. Graham Linehan is tonight's outsider. Now, as the man behind Father Ted and the IT crowd, Graham was not so long ago one of the most cherished members of the metropolitan elite. But after he was booted off Twitter for defending the rights of biological women, he's become a victim of cancel culture. So does he believe that Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter could change his fortunes? Well, I'm delighted to say that Graham joins me now. And Graham, uh, I wrote about you actually in my column for the Mail Online yesterday because I, I, I said that as alongside uh, probably Dr. Robert Malone on the COVID side and Donald Trump on the political side, you were one of those high-profile, silenced folk who Musk, I think, needs to immediately reinstate to the platform once he takes it over. I mean, do, do you think that will happen? And do you think it will make a difference? Can one man make a difference uh, to getting the voice back for people like you? Gosh, that's a very good question. I, um, I, I'm not sure. It, 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 it's kind of like a, a system-wide problem we have at the moment. Yeah. I think that Elon Musk, he may well solve the problem of Twitter, but there's also things like um, Wikipedia, which, uh, yes. which has very, very heavily biased uh, um, moderators. Uh, my solicitor actually watched my page and saw that if you changed uh, an entry like I, he would my solicitor tried to change an edit from anti-trans to pro-feminist for instance and it was changed back within 15 minutes wow. so these kind of yeah so these little things are happening all over the place i had i had a shop that i start that i started to sell uh, I had a T-shirt of a cartoon of myself with the words "Reality is real" on it, and we we very carefully went through it to make sure that we weren't selling anything that could be seen as transphobic. The only thing we we thought could get us into trouble was a joke about uh, uh, men cheating at women's sports, so we deliberately left out left it out. Uh, it was up for a day, and then it was it was taken down because it was mass reported. So all so of these, these tech all... companies work together. So, so, so let's just go back one step, uh, Graham, because it was Twitter that actually caused your cancellation. And, and you talk about this mass reporting, and that's what happened to you because yep. you spoke up for the rights of biological women, just in the same way, by the way, that someone like J.K. Rowling has now done, but you did it first, or you were one of the first high-profile people with a big showbiz profile, very accepted, by the way, in that lib- li- uh, in that London liberal bubble, but it was Twitter yeah. that, that, that actually caused uh, your cancellation. So can you just explain what happened? Well, I'd say, I would actually say I was cancelled before Twitter. Uh, the Guardian kind of... Uh, uh, published a story about me taking the word of a, uh, a person who was using their trans identity basically to con people. And they used that to say that I was harassing trans people online. Twitter then basically just ran with this image of me that was being amplified everywhere by, by loads of Twitter users um, and banned me without telling me why. They, they, they told the press it was because I was supposedly misusing the platform. But I had a number of rules to make sure that I always stayed ahead of Twitter's uh, Twitter's um, terms and conditions. You know, I, I never misgendered anyone. Um, I, I was always trying to play by their rules. But just like Megan Murphy in Canada, um, you just get banned for 
you know, random reasons. And the last tweet that I was that I uh, tweeted, and I, so I guess it was for this, simply said, "Men aren't women, though." You know what I mean? So, so it's like yeah. uh, just which Robert Winston arbitrary. has confirmed one of our eminent scientists just just recently. No, I mean I thought yeah. the cancellation of you from Twitter was really the start of of what became a snowball of loads of people uh, stating provable facts being censored by big tech. And obviously this has now resulted on Elon Musk's purchase. But what was so shocking, Graham, is for you, it obviously resulted in total career and personal ruin. I mean, you are the man behind Father Ted. And and I'm correct in saying, aren't I, that that now the creators or the co-creators or the people who own the Father Ted brand, I guess, are trying to pay you off because they're so terrified of having you involved, even though essentially you are the man behind the show. Yeah, and, you know, I'm the man behind the musical. I, it was my idea. Um, a lot of the concepts for the songs are mine. Um, you know, it's been my baby for, for about seven or eight years. And uh, it's just extraordinary to think that, that just to please a bunch of extremists, and they are extremists. Every Anyone who believes that a, a, a woman can have a penis is an extremist, you know, and a homophobic extremist at that, you know, because lesbians do not have a penis. Um, uh, you know, gay men do not have vaginas. This is homophobia and conversion therapy. And and for standing up to it, I'm being told by Hattrick and Sonia Friedman Productions that I'm somehow in the wrong. And it's um, it's it's just outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. And and I, I you're right. It is a completely metropolitan elite thing. All these people are terrified of America because America is where is where this ideology is coming from. I think it's a form of American cultural imperialism, in fact. And um, and they want careers over there. So they're all just kind of pussyfooting around this ridiculous ideology that no one outside of no no one in the real world believes. I'm sure I'm sure you've heard the phrase uh, uh, um, cis, you know, or cis woman. You know, this is a phrase that has to be explained every time it's said, because ordinary people never understand what it means, because the word trans isn't explained either. So this is a completely confusing, incoherent uh, ideology that we're all supposed to go along with that needs eternal training from the likes of Stonewall, who are getting, you know, bundles of cash from the confusion that they're supposedly solving. And all the while, you know, a, a lesbian a woman of colour today collapsed from the stress of the trial, the case that Stonewall has, has put her under, you know? I mean, it's just, I, I just find it extraordinary that I'm in the position where I'm, I'm fighting nearly the entire left on this, you know, who I thought were progressive and who well, I indeed. thought were on the... And that's the point, isn't it? Because to me, this isn't about politics. This is not a left or right issue. Because if you look at someone like J.K. Rowling, she's very much on the left of politics too. And she's been cancelled by exactly the same sort of people who walked away from you. Well, you know, and if you you ask people to, to say what she said that was wrong in her beautiful, compassionate essay, about why single-sex spaces are important to women like her, who's a survivor of domestic abuse, um, they don't have an answer because she didn't say anything offensive. 
her, her piece was completely compassionate. But you have this strange kind of um, whispering campaign where rumors are reported as facts and, and everything is a dog whistle. You know, everything is a dog whistle. So, so you really can't say anything. They've given, they've given women no room in which they can maneuver and, and argue for their rights. No room. They've stolen the words that are essential for these women to argue for their rights. And it's, uh, sorry, that's a, that's a reminder that I'm doing this show that just rang out. Um, <laughs> You're on. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, but like, you know, they, they're putting women in an, in an absolutely impossible situation. And the reason I added my voice to it all was because, you know, I had a big platform and these women were, were suffering in silence. They, they, you know, one of the things I found is that when you put a spotlight onto this behavior, onto bullying and the harassment and the, and the vile abuse, I mean, the things that have been said about Alison Bailey today. An Irish Times book reviewer said, Alison Bailey, dead by dawn. That's an Irish Times, that's a book reviewer for the Irish Times. I know, know? And we see what I mean, they're saying about J.K. Rowling. Well, look, Graham, thank you for being, and I know this B word is, is used a little too often these days, but I am going to say it to you. Thank you for being brave because when you oh, know really you're cool. walking away from your career, and when you know you're walking away from financial security, but you do it because you so fundamentally believe something, for me, that is the example of bravery. And I hope you come back soon and we'll talk more about it. But that's Graham Linehan, the creator. Thank you, Father Dan. Ted. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's time now for Uncancelled. And this is where Britain's top commentators speak out on controversial issues without the fear of the cancel culture sweeping the rest of the media. Labour Deputy Angela Rayner probably never thought there would be this much furore over her legs. Then again, I wouldn't have anticipated a single article about an MP's piece of clothing to result in one of the most chilling attacks on free speech and freedom of the press in modern times. Now, there's been a lot of talk on this issue, but one man whose unfiltered opinion I know you've been waiting for is columnist extraordinaire Rod Liddell. So, Rod, I have absolutely no idea what you think about this. So do you agree the comments about Rayner are misogynistic? And do you think a newspaper editor should ever be made to grovel in front of the Speaker of the House? Good questions, Dan. Good questions, mate. Uh, I think they probably are misogynistic if it's not Angela Rayner who's raising them. But now it looks remarkably as if it quite possibly was Angela Rayner who first made this illusion. Uh, while sitting on the terrace with a bunch of MPs, so it is alleged that a couple of Tory MPs have overheard her saying that she uses this technique to discombobulate uh, the Prime Minister, uh, which, which, which is probably a very, very good way of discombobulating the Prime Minister, I would have thought, given the Prime Minister that we have. Uh, but that also means that, that uh, Angela has been rather wreathed in hypocrisy. I saw her sitting on a on, a, on a, a being interviewed by some woman called Lorraine or Louise or something, uh, and telling us how deeply saddened she was uh, by these sorts of comments. But Angela, if this is true, they are the comments which you yourself made. <laughs> so you know, we, we, we are we are in we are in a surreal landscape, Dan. And you're absolutely right. Um, you wouldn't expect it to be 
uh, a, a case for uh, a case of uh, any issue of press freedom over this, you might not have thought that in, in, in a time when Ukraine is being invaded, uh, we have a cost of living crisis uh, and 56 MPs are currently uh, under investigation for sexual assault, that a joke about Angela Rayner's legs could possibly be the number one story in the country. And yet it was on Times Radio, on the BBC, this was the number one story. And the appalling news that the uh, Speaker of the House, uh, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, who up until now I've rather liked and thought has done a rather good job, summoned, summoned he did, summoned the editor of the Mail on Sunday to come and meet him and to be dressed down about having run the article in the first place. This is a disgrace. It is entirely to the Mail on Sunday's credit, A, that they ran the story in the first place, because I want to know what Tory MPs are saying about members of the opposition, if they're sexist or otherwise. I also want to know uh, if Angela Rayner is deliberately doing this in order to discombobulate the Prime Minister. I want to know all that stuff. I want to know what the press tells us. What I don't want is for some um, um, desiccated old goat who has been ennobled into the position of Speaker of the House of Commons to suddenly decide uh, that things which he reads in the press are not to his liking and that the Mail on Sunday editor should be given some sort of dressing down. It's an absurdity. And it's to the Mail on Sunday's credit, again, uh, that David Dillon has refused uh, to, to go along with this, this preposterous announcement. But it's, it's another part of that thing, Dan, where where an apparently minor story, and, and you know, I heard one Labour uh, frontbench woman uh, saying that what had been said about Angela Rayner was, quotes, horrific. Well, you know, it's not horrific, is it? It might not be very nice, it might be sexist, it might be misogynistic, but it's not horrific. The Holocaust was horrific, you know? Uh, a child dying in a murder is horrific. This isn't horrific. Um, and all the less horrific if it was Angela Rayner herself who first said this stuff. Uh, but it's another one of those issues which suddenly gets blown up out of all proportion and people take leave of their senses. They use adjectives which shouldn't really be used. And it ends up with the speaker who until now has been a, done, a, done a really good job, I think, certainly compared to the previous toxic dwarf. Um, well, yes, uh, in but that's the thing. There was such a low bar that we were all so excited, <laughs> weren't we, not to have Burko in there. And actually, it means Hoyle is, I think, embracing the power a little bit too much. But, Rod, I think this was the worst sort of example of liberal groupthink over the past few days. And I completely yeah, agree that's, with that's you. Exactly. It was brilliant exactly. that the Daily Mail uh, and the Mail on Sunday were prepared to hit back today. I mean, Dan Hodges, their political columnist, actually discovered that three more MPs, Rod, including, by the way, one female MP, claimed that they heard Angela Rayner boast about this herself on the terrace of yeah. the House of Commons. Yeah. Now, that is a legitimate story, surely. It's a legitimate story, and it's quite funny. And I'm sure at the time that Angela Rayner made those comments, if she indeed she did, and there's more and more evidence to show that she did, uh, it would have been a joke, and it would have been a light-hearted joke. And I think Angela Rayner would have been far better off uh, leaving it as a joke and leaving it as being something light-hearted rather than using it as another stick to beat the evil, uh, misogynistic, uh, patrician, uh, white male Tory party, which is what, sadly, in the end, she did do. Uh, she's a formidable speaker, Rayner, 
uh, and she's a formidable performer at, 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 at uh, uh, Prime Minister's Questions and at the dispatch box. She's one of Labour's bright hopes. She doesn't need to wrap herself in this in this entirely cosmetic outrage over something which she herself said. Yeah. I want to play you, actually, the fascinating podcast that she recorded in January, because what it actually shows is that this has completely confected the outrage that we've seen from Angela Rayner this week, because when she was talking about it back in January, she thought the whole thing was hilarious. Listen. That's right. There is a tint of misogyny in it. I've got to say, you know, I get quizzed on. Every time I do a PNQ, somebody has an opinion on what I want. Did you see the meme about Sharon Stone like I was doing at the last PMQs? I was mortified. You what? Like, they did this whole, like, meme about me apparently doing the whole, you know, the whole... <laughs> I was like, when did they do that? <laughs> What's but, that? Like, I haven't seen that at all. Did you not see, like, the Fatal Attraction thing when they did the whole... Thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've seen the film, but I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't aware I did it, but apparently, like, there was this whole meme about how my dress was, like, you know, a bit revealing, but I didn't think it was. It and was what? a perfectly suitable Karen Millen in the sale, by the way. <laughs> but what was the theory that you were doing that to distract Boris? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> don't take much, does it? <laughs> I don't need to do that. <laughs> there seems to be, and I know that you're ideologically opposed. So, so, Rod, there was nothing misogynistic about it in January. It was all a great laugh. And I think it absolutely backs up what the MPs told the Mail on Sunday, because clearly Angela Rayner found this whole idea quite funny. Yeah, without question. And, and I think that, that, that little exchange that you just played... It's kind of to Angela Rayner's credit. You yeah. know, she's yeah, yeah, able yeah, to yeah. talk a joke, she's able to laugh about it. Uh, they got the name of the film wrong. It's not Fatal Attraction, it's Basic Instinct. Uh, we, we all know that film. Um, and and it, it presented her as a normal human being who would have a laugh the same way as any of us would have a laugh. Uh, there is an element of, of difficulty for women in the House of Commons, without question. We, we know that it's a, it's a male preserve. There is also a case, and I, I think this is kind of indisputable, that women get knocked, A, if they're dressed as frumps, and B, if they're dressed in an alluring way. Uh, it is very hard for them to do the right thing in terms of what they wear. I would go along with that entirely. But to suddenly cloak yourself in this... In this in this, uh, in this outrage, in this hurt, this deep hurt, this deep hurt that someone could have said such a thing, and all the other front benches getting up on their hind legs and claiming that it is a, a grotesque, horrific infringement, you know, is, is, it's an absurdity. And it is exactly as you say, Dan, it's liberal overreach. Uh, and uh, when, it, when it gets to the point of the speaker, uh, deciding that he's going to whip the mail on Sunday into line, uh, then it's a real problem. And to Angela Rayner's credit, again, uh, she said she's not comfortable about that, uh, which I think is, 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 is to her credit.
But it's time now for star US journalist and podcaster Megyn Kelly. The row between the woke world of Disney and Florida is rumbling on after its governor Ron DeSantis suggested he may take more action to limit the company's self-governing status in the state. The Republican is warring with the Wiki Mouse company after it criticised his parental rights and education bill and its woke agenda was exposed by Disney bosses in this leaked video call. I'm here as a mother of of two queer children, actually. One of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? That can't be true. Our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda. Like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness. Last summer, we we removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our life skills. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We don't want to just assume because someone might be um, in, in our interpretation, maybe presenting as female, that they may not want to be called princess. DeSantis has fired back. Look. This is the right thing to do just on the basis of those Zoom videos, videos of very high up people in this corporation in Disney and they're talking about their intentional agenda to inject sexuality in the programming that's provided to our youngest kids. The glee that these people had in these videos that they were going to get this stuff in. And so it's really, really problematic that when a company had been so, so uh, synonymous with parents of young children to, yes, come out against the parents' rights bill, but then to have those videos produced uh, where they're doing that. And, you know, I'm just not comfortable having that type of, uh, of, of agenda get special treatment in my state. I just can't do it. Megyn Kelly, Florida versus Disney. Who's winning? It's getting interesting, isn't it? At least it's getting Very. interesting now, Dan. Uh, I don't know that Florida will ultimately win this fight, although I'm not ready to bet against them. But I think what most of us over here on the side of reason are applauding is the fight itself. Somebody's punching the bullies back in their noses. And it's about time. You know, these woke corporations are used to doing whatever they want and bullying the citizens into submission. The overwhelming majority of Florida citizens supported the DeSantis law that Disney took a stand against. And that law basically said that for K through third graders, all right, we're talking five to eight, maybe nine-year-olds, you are not allowed to, in the classroom instruction, uh, include lessons about gender identity and sexual identity because they're too young. And then beyond that, if you include lessons about it, it should be age appropriate. That's it. These teachers who are like, what if they ask me about my partner and I won't be able to say I'm gay? That's a lie. That's not what's happening. You can say you're gay. You you just can't put it in the curriculum and start teaching about sexual or gender identity for the really young children. Doesn't prevent the parents from discussing it, et cetera. So the lies about this bill uh, have been rampant, but the Floridians, including a majority of Democrats, support the law. That's why it passed and DeSantis signed it. Disney, however, with this very weird woke agenda, which you just got a glimpse of on those tapes, feels differently. And Disney, which has devoted its entire business to the joy of children and treating children with respect and convincing parents that they can trust them to, to offer 
products that will be in the children's best interests and will not be touching any third rails has done a complete 180. Many people have said Walt Disney is rolling over in his grave now. Oh, they don't want to say hello. They don't want to say boys and girls. Okay, what are they going to do about the enormous Disney Cinderella castle that you just showed a picture of that's looking at you as soon as you walk into Disney? You What about all the Cinderella cafes where they ask the little girls if they want a little wand and if they want to get their hair done like princesses? Like, are we getting rid of all of that? Can there be any princesses now? I mean, they basically submitted to the weirdest of the woke inside of their company and God bless the employees who leaked those tapes, revealed themselves as having to have has sneaking queerness into every little video frame and cartoon frame they possibly can. Well, yeah, Megan, uh, unless un- unless they're selling their latest animation to a state like uh, China or Saudi Arabia, and, and, and then they're more than happy to censor. So I'm sorry, these folk at Disney are complete hypocrites. Well, that's what DeSantis was saying. Governor DeSantis was saying, um, I'm sure that if our bill had said um, you you can't mention anything about what the Chinese are doing to the Uyghurs, Disney wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> they wouldn't have had any problem with smug, uh, snuffling out that message. But when it comes to the young children and trying to tell them that they shouldn't be teaching the little boys that they might be girls, which literally happened to my son in his New York school. So don't tell me it doesn't happen. Uh, not him in particular, but his class um, that, that they object to. So Disney's ruining its reputation. It's lost billions in stock value since it started this fight. And now DeSantis has basically revoked, and this Florida state legislature has revoked Disney's special status over the areas of Florida that encompass Disney World. They had a, an elevated status above the normal taxpayers that allowed them to not use the Disney fire, to not use the Disney sewage, to basically run their own little town there and have an independence that most towns don't have. And that was actually very good for Disney in terms of its management and its pocketbook. And DeSantis and the Florida lawmakers have now taken that away. It's being challenged. Disney filed a challenge this week saying, we have a deal that's since 1967 that says if you want to revoke any of our special status, you got to pay us the outstanding value of our bond, which is a billion dollars. In this case, uh, the move, the next move is DeSantis's. I wouldn't underestimate him. Megan Kelly, it is a fascinating battle. We will keep a watch of it. And I know you're across it on your brilliant Megan Kelly show, which you can find on Sirius XM in the US, YouTube internationally, and the way that I listen as a podcast. Megan, thank you. We'll speak next week. Thanks, Dan. Dan Wooden here again. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of my podcast, Uncancelled. Did you like what you hear? Well, remember to subscribe, rate and review and join me for more newsmaking interviews, fiery debate and free speech on Dan Wooden tonight every Monday to Thursday from 9pm till 11pm on GB News.